0: everyone and welcome to the engineer of what podcast i'm your host nathan westfall and we have our co-host rick warden ricky how you doing
1: good how are you nate
0: i'm doing good i'm doing good what have you been up to this week
1: um boss is out so score just doing my own thing yeah it's nice i can have both my headphones in instead of keeping one out <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah ever since we uh i got an intern that you know, reports to me, I've had to keep one headphone out and I've not been a fan. I'll say, no,
1: it's annoying. You have to keep switching all day and then you take it out when you go talk to them. It's, yeah, it's a whole. Thing.
0: You don't get that full yeah. effect, that full no, beat going exactly. through. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I can't get in, the, my, in my zone to like get stuff done. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So I've been, Anything uh, else? yeah, I'm trying to think. I, uh, I went to the gym for the first time in two weeks, getting back oh. on that swing. I know it was, one of those. Um, I found out I'm officially going to Indiana in September, uh, which I'm pretty pumped about for so four what? days or uh, internal. So no clients, no customers, just Tyler tech as a whole dev conference. Oh, cool. So it's pretty cool. Neat. Um, what else do you got here? Uh, next week, um, at soul fest doing sound audio engineering for the whole week. So that's going to be a bunch of fun. Get to hang out with a bunch of bands, get to do mixed sound, do lighting, uh, and camp out in the woods for five days. So,
1: Yeah, and drink a lot of Red Bull, basically.
0: One of the audio technicians, I kid you not, this was, this was the conversation. I've, I haven't met him. I know who he is, but mm-hmm. I haven't met him. Uh, the guy I normally work with and him started a group chat and he's like, "Hey guys, just so you guys have each other's numbers, here's what, uh, here's the plan for next week, all the other stuff." I was like, "All right, cool, no big deal." And the guy's name is Derek. He just instantly replies. He works at Starbucks. Sent us a picture of cold brew and was like, "Bring in this whole shelf of cold brew so that we can get through the week." And then text us another picture. He's like, "And of cooler of four locos." Oh no! And <laughs> my and my response was just the Shia LaBeouf clapping. Just thank you, oh, right oh, there. Oh lord. Oh lord. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not recording
1: next week. <laughs> <laughs> he would be drunk off his butt for next week. <laughs> yeah,
0: so we're not doing that. Um, uh, but anyway, other than that, and then I think we have one more episode before it happens, maybe. But you're getting married pretty soon. So. Well, we'll do Less a special a
1: episode when you're down here with me. So make sure to you bring, uh, bring your mic. We can do a late oh, night. Oh, I'm bringing, I'm bringing can my stuff. We yeah. do engineer of what after dark. There we go. How about that? Yeah, I like Let's that. After
0: that. dark, in person. Yes. Boom. And who knows? Maybe there'll be someone else on the show because it is a bunch maybe. of guys getting ready for a wedding. So might happen. Yeah. Might have. Yeah. So.
1: Might have. Uh, one of my other groomsmen, uh, who's a police officer. So he'll he'll have, he'll have no idea what the heck we're talking about. But it's all right though. He'll, he'll, he'll be on though. With it. Yeah. He'll yeah. be on. Yeah. Cool. Uh oh, I'm going on a cruise for the honeymoon in September. So found Yeah, when out. in
0: September? Uh, Mid-September, like, late September? Yeah,
1: mid-September on the 16th, I think I'm nice. leaving, eh, something like that.
0: Ah, oh, dude, that's when I'm leaving for Indiana. Travels, nice. same day. Boom. Nice. Yeah. I won't have so any have a service
1: cuz found oh, I was looking at the internet packages for uh, Carnival. It's it's Carnival that we're using cuz they're the ones mm-hmm. that go right out of Baltimore, the only ones that go right out. Oh, Baltimore. sure. Yep. Um Yep. And I think it was like forty dollars a day for internet. I am like, um, Whoa. no, thanks. I will gladly
0: take a break from the world for a little while. I will
1: gladly not have any texting or calling on the boat. I mean, I'll have texting calling on um, when we get to the beaches because I have Google Fi. So they have sure when you are docked.
0: when you are docked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll yeah.
1: just switch over for me. And but yes. past that, though, I mean, like, I don't need it anyway. I am gonna be, I don't know, yeah, going around walking around the boat and doing yeah. stuff. I don't know Boom. eating food at the midnight bar midnight buffet. Who you knows? Like,
0: <laughs> oh, dude, win. Oh yes, oh, you, dude, it. love it. Other thing I've been working on actually, I totally forgot. I uh, started working on another app, of course, just for fun. So here's the thing: I'm uh, driving home with Marissa from church. She's in yep. the she's in the seat next to me, and she's like, "Man, I really wish there was a a better way to do um, pads." Which I mean, if you don't know what pads are, they're like. Synth, so it's just like a Mm -hmm. keyboard holding out one really like airy note, Um, and uh, click track. So right now you can do it between two different apps, one app, uh, but it's overcomplicated and all the other stuff. Um, And the reason you want it, the big thing about it is so that you can have it working in a sound system. You want it panned, so when I plug in the cord to the sound system, the right channel goes to the mains. Mm-hmm. And the left side just goes to of your monitors, right? Because you don't want right. the click coming through the system. No, yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, I bet you I could do this in a week. Ricky, today is Thursday. Yeah. And the app is 90% done. When was I, that? When
1: uh, did you say that? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: So I have an app that will works on iPad only right now because I've never done... Here's the thing. I've never done an iOS-only app. I've done iOS and Android through Xamarin Forms. I've done just Android, but I haven't mm-hmm. done just iOS yet. So this was also a learning experience for me, figuring out how iOS does some pretty weird stuff. Um, I will say, bump to Android, iOS's designer experience is so much better. Mm-hmm. Their data binding is weird. Weird. That's all I got to say about that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so the app's almost done, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's open source.
1: Of course, it is. So you now, can you can
0: track my progress.
1: So what exactly actually does the app do? Just since?
0: So the, so yeah, so here's so here's I'll try to paint this picture because it's supposed to be super simple. So if I can't paint a picture, just talking to you, that I mean, it's I've overcomplicated.
1: Seen, um, I've seen pictures of it on our uh engineer of what oh instagram. that's right
0: you guys can check out our instagram at engineer of what and also track the progress of me programming at one sure. in the morning you can see us what yeah. we do
1: throughout the day also such as making uh, yours was like, funny plans on cad yeah yeah that was <laughs> really was good just, i was just like you know what we need to see this out cad's I, <laughs> open we had, we need a scene plan for the wedding right so i was like well i have cad that if we just have a I have a license here why not instead of hand drawing it let's just make it on CAD. <laughs> i'm
0: almost uh i'm almost a little disappointed that right now your cad drawing isn't inside like an esri map that i can just go to so i can open up a map get directions to the venue and also see where i'm sitting getting
1: walking directions just saying and, a little disappointed but or something like that i don't know like yeah, tell me that you're here
0: <laughs> yeah just a little disappointed that i can't no, no, just go no, to esri and see where the, i sit
1: that'll be for the barbecue next summer when we have like you know 150 people yeah. or so like that nice
0: <laughs> all right good 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 um so anyway so let me yeah. pi- let me paint you paint the picture of the app for you so it's very simple you open it up um because this is done on a stage hopefully uh huge benefit dark mode give me some shout out for that right support oh, dark better, mode you only. better put that
1: dark mode on there oh my god yeah I so hate, it's all this when apps don't do dark mode anymore now it's just, uh, it just it's like blinds a thing need, me. why does yeah. youtube have a dark mode but anyway and anyway yeah. go on
0: yep So uh, it has a dark mode. It's kind of this dark blue, grayish type color. Look really, really clean looking. Um, On the left side of the screen, so I have a toolbar at the top, very thin. We'll get back to that in a second. The left-hand side at the top shows beats per minute, so it would say like 135 BPM. Below that is just a plus and minus button, so you can turn it up. You can turn it down, and to the right of that is a little button that says tap me, so you can do like one of those tap counters like... You know, one of those, so you can just set right. the beat based off what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you can also tap beats per minute and manually type in. So, like, oh, I want to go to 206 beats per minute. You can just tap it and type in 206. Uh, below that is uh, a table view. So, like, just a list of data. Very simple. Imagine an iOS list. You know, swipe right to delete, hold to reorder, all that other stuff. Um, that contains what we're calling the set list. And the set list basically says, all right, I have four songs that I'm doing this Sunday or you know, during this, this set. And um, it's going to be this key and this beats per minute. So when I'm on stage playing, I should just have to click the song I'm on and it automatically starts the pad, changes the beats per minute and gets the click going. And then if I do the other one, it automatically crossfades them, switches the beats per minute and switches the pads. Huh. All right. Last piece is on the right hand side, which takes up about 60% of the screen. So that part I just described use like the 40% on the left side and then the 60% on the other side is a bunch of big easy buttons where I have the whole entire key spectrum. So, you know, C, C sharp, you know, all the way to B flat. Um, so I can just click what key I'm in. If I want to change the pads manually below that, I have volume sliders, master volume, click volume, pad volume. Um, and then at the bottom below that, just two buttons, start and stop click or a stop all like emergency, just stop doing everything. Um, and that's it pretty simple. I'm going to have some functionality behind it where like, if I create a set list, I can share it with a friend. So maybe I can't be there. So they're going to use their iPad. I could share it. Um, yeah, that's essentially it, but pretty simple. (laughs) Um, the hardest part. So can you, now that you kind of have this little picture in your head, hopefully that made sense. What I was saying, uh, what do you think was the hardest part or the hardest part that I'm going through right now with coding this? Any idea what you think that would be?
1: Hmm. Probably the actual synth part.
0: No, no. The hardest part is the click and here's why. Really? So the synth is easy. I can get like a five second sample of a key. And just cut it properly so it loops. I can just take, hey, audio player, just keep right. on repeat forever that and just sense. just loop through. Okay. Yeah, that's easy. The okay. click is a little harder. And that's because uh, you, I mean, it's just like a, for those of you who haven't heard a click, it's like a 16-bit, like, you know.
1: Metronome. That's yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Thank you. Metronome. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> it's just an easy metronome. But you have to speed that up and slow it down based off how you're doing, you know, based off your beats per minute. So you have to make sure you get the timing right. So, oh, if I have 135, it's going 135 times per minute. So you got to make sure your timing's good. The other thing is, because of your timing, you can't really use a static file. It doesn't make sense to have a beep because you might have, you know, noise before or after it. You really want to control the sine waves of that tone. So I built my own sine wave generator and I'm generating 16-bit audio sounds on the fly, hmm. which is kind of cool. If you, think about the, if you think about it, right? So you can picture the spectrum and you can picture the sine waves and all the math that's behind it. Uh, it's not fully working yet, but I've been reading up on it. And the concept is super cool of how you can programmatically create 16-bit sine waves to produce this tone. Huh, okay. So that's been the hardest part that's so far.
1: Because yeah. of all the math behind it and trying to get that into code?
0: Yeah, getting the math of the sine waves and then the math to make sure that you're playing that many, you know, times per minute.
1: Right, you're going to have to change the, well, then you also have the amplitude and then you have the frequency. And then uh, four beats
0: per minute. Am I making the fourth one louder? Am I making, you know, different, all that stuff.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's definitely cool. cool. I can see where that gets pretty tricky because then you start going to get into like, do I do four loops or do I do, am I looping a certain thing of code or am I just like, oh no? Well, yeah, because you
0: got to be careful, right? So if someone ends up using this click for an hour, I don't want a huge memory leak. And like an hour in, the iPad's like, oh, you're done. You used up all your memory because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. you got to make sure you're watching that stuff, too.
1: So uh-huh. so far,
0: that's so good. But that's definitely the hardest part. It's been a fun, fun project.
1: Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Now... My only thing is like I would just be like, uh, can we just use Ableton Live? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. If you get a Akai um, pad controller, and then Ableton mm-hmm. Live, you're set. I think I'm pretty sure that they have that stuff. On. Yeah. So, but, v- but but that's not free though. That's not open source and free. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I uh you know, for the for yeah the, for the light version. I think it's like two hundred bucks. So like, yeah. This will be
0: open source if you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, I'm probably going to put it in the app store for like 2 bucks.
1: There you go.
0: Because you know people in other churches are going to be using this because it's better than every alternative out there for $100. This does exactly what you want. Down the road, I'm going to support custom sounds, so if you want to play your own pad and put it in there, you can do that as well. Right, yeah. Just make it super simple, super easy. I'm not looking for, you know, something as feature-rich as Ableton. I'm looking to play a no. sound and a click and be done.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even put it in the looper in there either because they already have looping apps too. That's so i would just oh yeah Scents. this would be
0: like if yeah that's what i mean it but you can like download custom synths so like as i make more you can just change whichever oh, yeah. one
1: you want. but just yeah. i wouldn't go anything into looping or anything like that because then no. you start yeah i don't want you to make like our, your own custom yeah, yeah like custom
0: guitar chords and stuff like that i don't want that no yeah. yeah
1: that's that starts to get into like crazy territory and there already we have well garage band honestly for that i think Right. i
0: going simple. My app boots yeah. in under a second. Like performance-wise, I'm hitting the nail on everything. So I'm really trying yeah, to. Because do you don't app. have,
1: you're not loading ads. You're not using the internet. That's. Nope. I mean
0: <laughs> Nope. You only use yeah. the internet when you want to share it, and I'm getting really creative with sharing here. I haven't figured it out, but hopefully by our next episode, I'll have some really cool way that you can share data between iOS devices. Hopefully. Mm. Hopefully. In a super small, compact performance thing so anyway huh interesting that's that's been my fun project for the week
1: nice I'll yeah to learn here about that in a couple of weeks for sure
0: yeah, yeah yeah all right so unless you got something i have another problem but this one i think you'll be able to help with
1: all right I'm interested. so
0: this is a gis related problem that mm-hmm. i had to solve yesterday and today um so i have it i have it working. Um, it did take me a little while. I did have to consult someone who's good at GIS from that department to help me out a little bit. Um, but what my problem was, so we do routing, right? So when you route on Google maps, uh, to know that you like arrive within a location, you have an address, right? That address has a lat long point of this is where, you know, my address is on the map. Most people, you're not, no GPS or no roads going to be right next to that point. So you create a circle buffer around it. Okay. Right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like a hundred feet. I, if I'm a hundred feet of this point, then I'm, I'm, we can say I've arrived. Can we all agree on that? That's right. Yeah. That's how it works. Okay. So the next part is, um, this doesn't work well for when you're in rural areas and have driveways. Right. So my actual address, if I'm doing, I think they're called street ranges. We're like, okay, so here's, um, you know, we'll say best road, okay? And I don't really have time to number the entire street. So the beginning of the street is zero and the end of the street is 25. You can look at the parcels and kind of figure it out from there, right? Kind of an easy way to do house numbering. Right. Um. However, if it's a rural area and these parcels are big, that driveway could be anywhere in between a huge amount of land, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what we wanted to do as a proposed solution was not just have a circle radius around a a map point, but actually be able to look at the directions that the vehicle is supposed to travel and be like, okay, on the directions before and after the stop, if the street name is the same within 300 meters, put like a 20 meter buffer around the road so I can stop 200 meters before and 200 meters after. Um, within some sort of, like, GPS drift acceptance. Because um, if I did a circle and just made the circle bigger, bigger, and bigger, you know, I'm going to probably start hitting other streets, all this other stuff that, that could get congested, right? So I right. want to follow yeah. the path of the road. Right. Okay? So here's how I solved it. And you let me know what you think, because, uh, you know, I think I did a good job with it, but we'll see. Okay, so... The way the data is stored is I have directions leading up to a stop. Okay. Yeah. These directions include street name, the the polylines, all that stuff that's part of the direction. Okay. Um as you know, in ArcGIS, sometimes you can have one polyline, sometimes you could have a bunch of different segments like just cut randomly in the line for some reason. Um, you know, maybe the speed changed, maybe I don't know something changed with the road, so you have to cut it and put attributes on a different polyline. Yeah. Um, so I get all those before the stop, and I basically say, okay, so here's my direction, the one right before the stop. I'm going to get that line, calculate the length of that line, and then do a check real quick. Hey, is the length of this line shorter than my buffer? If it is, cool, I'm done, and we'll worry about it later. Um, if it's not shorter than, or if it is shorter than my buffer, then I have to go to the next direction and check the street name. If the street name's the same, then I'm gonna merge the two polylines together and then check my buffer again. If it's not the same, then I'm gonna quit because it's you know close to an intersection or something like that where the street changes. Does that make sense so far?
1: I think so.
0: Okay. And they do the same thing after the stop. You kind of try to follow the same road along like the You know, when you get Google Maps, the blue direction, you try to follow the direction path as long as you can along the same road until you have enough segments to cover your buffer. Hmm. So that's, that's how we do that. Uh, I then merge all these polylines together if there's more than one. And then I learned something about densifying a line. Hmm. Do you know this concept of densifying polylines? You probably do.
1: Densifying. I can't, I haven't heard of that one before.
0: Okay, so for all our listeners, can you do you know how polylines are are built in terms of like map points, like how points make up a polyline?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just calculates between each point. There's tons and tons of points, and then yeah, so has a little segment between each point.
0: Yeah, so those segments—that's the important part. So polylines and segments—you only have points where there's a turn, right? So if I have like a, a straight line for a while, I could only have two points that simplify like a couple hundred feet because the road's straight, right? And then I yeah. get another point and it changes the segment and the direction all the other stuff. That might not work though because if I have a really, stri- really long straight line and my buffer's 50 feet, okay, how do I cut a polyline that I only have two points for right down the thing? So what densifying does is it says, okay, here's the polyline. I want a map point on that line every 10 feet, every 20 feet. And basically, it generates uh, points along that line automatically so that you can kind of jump from point to point, even if it's in a straight line, so that you can cut it at one of those points. This is a new thing for me, I didn't know you could do this. So basically, here's my example. So what I found out was, I was like, all right, cool, I have this line, let me look at all the points. And it's like a line that's 200 feet. I go into code, I look at the number of points, the line only has three points. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me I could cut it at 200 feet or 120, but I need to get it down to a hundred. So how, how does that work where a line only has three points and that's when it came in where, Oh, it only has a point if the angle changes. Um, so densifying, I can take that polyline and say, Hey, here's these three points in the polyline. You're going to basically, there's some query we re- rewrote our own at some point, but I just used Esri's. Um, where every 10 feet along that line, you're just going to generate a point. So I can basically, what I did now is split it into smaller segments so I can say, okay, distance between these points, these points, these points, these points, and then once I hit my buffer, stop right there and calculate a new polyline.
1: Hmm, okay. So Does that make sense? So when you're, okay, so this is all to solve the fact that a circle because in rural back roads basically yeah that.
0: i want a buffer along the road i don't just want to circle around a point
1: oh, okay that's yeah. what you're saying
0: okay yeah so i take the polyline i cut it and then once those polylines are done i create a buffer around the point or around the line and what this does is basically along a straight line i want 20 meters on this side of the street 20 meters on this side of the street and that now is my acceptable buffer of where you can arrive right?
1: Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: So it took me a while to figure it out, but the coolest part of this whole thing was definitely the densifying part of it to figure out that that's how, you know, you can densify a line and all that. It was kind of interesting because I I've done some GIS work before, but I haven't done this much, especially like in code. You know what I mean? Like I'm actually breaking apart lines into map points and then reconstructing lines from map points and buffering them out. And, yeah, it's, um,
1: it's a whole different thing because you're telling the computer exactly what it needs to do and exactly the sequence that needs to do it. So, yeah. Whereas usually in ArcMap, you just tell it to do something and just does it in the background, you know? It's a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. It's for so sure, much harder, sure. but it's harder. But like in Pro, for instance, they focus so much more on it now. Yeah. No, I like totally agree. Everything now is... Oh, there's a lot more coding you can do in Pro because... I think people are starting to realize that GIS isn't just a graphical thing anymore. It's starting to be more, you know, your servers, your um, front end uh, web interfaces, and and not just your maps now either. It's not just mapping or cartography. It's way, way more than that. And I think one of the uh, GIS guys, whereas Sean was looking at um, other positions just to see like what people were looking for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and every th- single one is looking for server experience. Like, yeah. if yep. you don't know how to code or if you don't know how to have server experience, you're not basically you're just not a GAS person <laughs> yeah. anymore. It's yeah. getting to that point. So, yeah, it definitely is. It kind of you kind of need to know how to do this stuff like what you're doing there in order, you know how what's going on in the background nowadays.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely cool. Like, it's it was cool to learn how oh, yeah. all this stuff kind of works behind the lines and figuring it out and. Um, I got it down to run within, you know, uh two one of a second. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty cool with that too. It's pretty quick code. Yeah, that's so, quick. Wow. So Yep, that was my problem of the week though, GIS. So hope you approve of me trying to actually figure out how polylines and everything else work.
1: Yeah, it's a whole different thing, honestly. If you don't know. It's geometry. It's geometry too. Like uh Yeah. If you don't if you don't know like what Certain things are, then you're just not gonna. You just you exactly. Have to learn it. You, you can't just figure out like, oh, that sounds like this, so I think that's, what. it's, it's get, again to be GIS has so much stuff now that it's just getting to be at the point where it's you have to know everything, how everything works, and what's going on behind the background. It's not just pen and paper anymore. Yeah, you know?
0: for sure, yeah. for sure. It's,
1: and then I don't know if you know, like especially when you get into rasterization, that's just a whole another deal yeah <laughs> i haven't gotten there yet yeah no <laughs> I, not yet thank goodness well, again to dems and rasters and mm-hmm. how in breaking everything down to just pixels is it's kind of like what you're doing how you break in a polyline down to points yep but instead and now you're just taking like a picture
0: yeah it's more than a line image. it's actually an area Take, yeah yeah
1: ortho image into breaking it down to pixels and each pixel has like a yep. attribute or whatever but yeah it's it's getting it's getting a lot deeper. I think GIS is coming around here. Honestly, yeah, for
0: real. It's getting especially st- with
1: especially with uh, Microsoft and Esri doing all being all buddy buddy, like
0: Ooh, yeah, ugh, I know
1: a- Azure and uh, uh, throwing GIS on Azure is just oh my god. I, I, nobody else can compete with that. No, nobody, no Mapbox, yeah. nobody can. So that's yeah, they got that going. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's Esri though. But you know, it's whatever. Yeah.
0: Yep, and just so we know. If you happen to make a mistake and only they have this funk, this class called the polyline builder. If you happen to only add one point to the polyline builder, build a polyline and then try to buffer it, Esri crashes with a fatal error. Just so you know, figured that out. (laughs) (laughs) So, found another bug. Literally, anything was
1: Esri. Oh, oh, I can't run that fatal error. Like,
0: yeah, like, I'm not lying. It sh- it should err. It was a mistake on my part. A polyline obviously needs at least two points for it to work. Right. But it shouldn't crash my entire application. It should bubble up an exception that says, hey, moron, you need more than one point. Yeah,
1: just, it, shouldn't, just it shouldn't just, like, totally, yeah, that's... Yeah. But, you know, yep. classic Esri.
0: Classic Esri. Comes with so, anyway, challenge. speaking yeah. speaking of bugs... You heard about the whole Mac issue, right, with their Intel processors that just came out? Well, we talked about that last uh, last episode, actually. Oh, that's right, we did the whole new line of Macs. But did you hear about the issue with the Intel processors? I don't think yeah, we talked about that.
1: That's what we talked about. Yes, that's why I brought it. Oh,
0: man, up I can't remember anything. Last time. Okay. <laughs> All right, so yes. so go ahead, Ricky. You take it. I can't I can't All right, fine. speaking of bugs, Obviously, go.
1: I know more about this. But yeah, yeah. Um, they decided to do a hotfix on the processor. So just a little supposedly it was what a bit of code, I think is what they were saying. It's like Yeah, but I mean, oh, yeah, you can only believe it of, so much. I know. Yeah, it's like okay, sure. But um, they were overheating so much that it was throttling it. I think it was like 100 C is what people people were saying on Reddit. Um yeah, there's a lot. So now they upped it to like 113 or some. It was it's they just upped the temperature that's going to start throttling at. So basically, yeah, it was you know, it was upping the
0: temperature and, and there was some other flag too. I can't remember.
1: Oh, I forget. Was it? No, it's not the fan. The fan is well. The fan is that like they don't run it fast enough because they want it to be all quiet, uh, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. God forbid that my computer is slightly loud when it's doing yeah, a hard yeah. task, like processing 4K video or something like that, you know? And then people get yeah. it. it. Well, it's funny. It's like for Mac, it's like everybody wants, oh, I want a quiet computer, but I also want it to do all this stuff, and, you know, I want the heat dissipation to be really nice, blah, blah, blah. Right, you know? But... This is what you get. Meanwhile, Windows
0: users are like, ah, can it, you know, overclock? Awesome. We're good.
1: Yeah. I'll just up the fan speed. Like, it's literally, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, now they're just going to turn up the temperature. But, I mean, what's the point of that when it's just going to throttle it again when it gets that temperature? But,.
0: Yeah, it did apparently did fix a lot because um, I'm I'm telling you, I think there was some other bug in it, you know. I think you're right. Um,
1: I forget what it was. I'm trying to think. of Yeah,
0: like... I'm trying to remember what it was. I mean, it was definitely a software bug because here's the thing. It didn't happen every time it hit the temperature. There was a specific like workload that you had to do, whether it was like some sort of video processing or some sort of something like that. Um, it came out. So the bug fix is in High Sierra 1013.6. Um, they apologized to everyone, you know, uh, you know, throwing some stuff in there, uh, uh, missing. Yeah, that's what it was. So they did some more performance tests under different workloads and under certain workloads, they identified, uh, there is a missing digital key in the firmware that impacts impacts the thermal management system. Uh, So I feel like there was some sort of flag set that's like, Hey, it's doing this type of process so it can get a little hotter, but not a lot there must have been something in there that was not giving the correct temperature or not triggering the right things to turn on in the thermal manager that should have under those workloads because it was firmware level. It wasn't like Mac had right. an issue the OS itself. It was definitely firmware level. Oh, so no, this, yes, low percent firmware.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, whoever thought, hey, let's put an i9 in a unibody construction uh, laptop with a low fan speed you know it's just like hey great idea guys yeah let's ship it out you know it's like i don't yeah i
0: know they were getting they were getting risky with uh you know they're like oh yeah we got our mac pros with or the macbooks with the m3 and no fan so we should be able to do an i i9 with like yeah, next to okay. nothing yeah yeah right <laughs> i know my mac always gets way too hot even mine on the i7 i have now just gets oh really way well, too hot
1: well do you um, have a fan controller uh, like program on your Mac because I know some people. I do. don't
0: on this one. I did on my old Mac, my Mac right, that right. had that was old though. That was like Intel Core Duo, like that was. Yeah, old. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that one I had a fan control on, but that's because my fan broke, so that was uh, the only good. way for me to turn it on. <laughs> the i7 now, I can hear, I can hear the fan kick on, and it does definitely stay on for a little while. Yeah, um, but it still just gets hot. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm doing coding for more than an hour, it's just
1: Right, hot, yeah. Right. So, huh.
0: yeah, that's what I mean, happened with that. At should... least they fixed it. I mean, you it's know, your choice. At least they fixed
1: or not having kids. It. I mean, it's it's whatever. I guess. Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> I, I guess both? both. Choose one. Yeah,
0: both. No, I, um, no, no,
1: no, no. Apple makes you choose one. It, it, that's <laughs> how, that's how loyal the customers are to Apple. Got to choose one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. Last uh, bit of news man. for this week. And this yes. this just happened today when we're recording. So July 26th. So Slack just bought HipChat. And I have a whole theory behind this, Ricky. So I'm going to explain this to you first. So for everyone who doesn't know, Slack is, I would hope you know what Slack is if you're in the engineering world. Slack is like, an, uh, a tool used for communication within an organization, so you can have different groups, direct messages back and forth, meetings, yada yada. We use it here at the Engineer of What for all of our uh, talking back and forth for the podcast. Um, HipChat is, and I'm gonna butcher the name, Atlasons, Atlassian's, whatever. The guys who make Bitbucket. Um, that's their version of it. Uh, it integrates with Bitbucket. They also integrates with their support system, issue tracking, Jira. Uh, Confluence, you know, they have a whole suite of products, and HipChat is one of them. So Slack bought that out. I don't know the full details, to be totally honest. I just saw that Slack bought it, and they're trying to basically retire HipChat and make Slack the new HipChat, I guess. They want they want to migrate users over rather than use HipChat's technology. So it's not like Microsoft buying GitHub and using GitHub. It's like Slack's like, nope, we bought HipChat, and we're it's done. You're using us now. Nerf. So yeah, exactly. So, here's, here's my theory, Ricky. You ready? So, last week, uh, or maybe two weeks ago, sometime within the past two weeks, Microsoft announced that Slack's competitor, Microsoft Teams, is now free for small businesses, which competes with Slack. Because Slack is free for small businesses as well, and then you got a paid subscription after that. Teams used to be paid only, but now it's paid... And it's got a free model behind it, so now it's competing right with Slack. Honestly, Teams um, features have caught up and surpassed Slack. Where you can, I can do multi-person meetings for free, record the meetings for free. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do within Teams,
1: well, especially that, with the integration with uh, EC3. Yeah,
0: yeah. If your it, company has Office yes, 365 three. and you use Slack, you're just an idiot. Um, Teams or Trello, is definitely the way to go.
1: Or, anything other than one or Google drive or literally anything other than Microsoft (laughs) product.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, So there's that benefit and here's, here's where I'm getting. So Microsoft has teams, which they've been ramping up. They now released it for free for small teams. So developers can jump right on there. Microsoft also bought GitHub in the past two months. So Microsoft has its coding language. It has its cloud service. It has a repository for all the code and a way for developers to talk. Uh, Atlassian has Bitbucket, its own way to code. It has, uh, you know, uh, Issue Tracker, it has uh, Wiki project manager thing, and it had HipChat, which kind of sucked, but now they have Slack. So they've openly said that Slack wants to have a partnership with Atlassian as a whole. So now they're kind of building up this other rival of like, hey, we have this really cool Microsoft Teams thing, and it's supported by Bitbucket, so you basically have an alternative if you're one of those nutcases who are like, "Oh my God, Microsoft owns everything." You can move your code from Bit or from GitHub to Bitbucket and use Slack and kind of have that environment. So it's like a competing right. environment as a whole, rather than just product on product. Right. And I think gotta, that's why they made the move is because product Slack, product action, you know? yeah, because you have that move where Slack was like, oh, okay, Microsoft Teams is free. This is some real competition. But if we kind of, you know, help out with Bitbucket here and do all this other stuff, then now we have a, you know, a tightly integrated solution code base in Slack and GitHub in Teams. So they're kind of, mm-hmm. interesting because a lot of people left GitHub when Microsoft bought it. And now this kind of helps them out because it's like, oh, oh, you could move to Bitbucket and now you have Slack. Interesting. I just think I think there's more to be flushed out still, but I think the timing is interesting.
1: Right. So now Atlas, Atlassian, or whatever I can't they're. pronounce it. Atlassian. I'm just gonna say
0: Bitbucket from now on.
1: Yeah, Atlassian. Uh, so now they have their entire suite there too. So
0: yeah, and they huh. did have it, and they had they had it for a while. But the missing component was HipChat. In my opinion, is junk. But right. Slack's got this public following. Slack is pretty big as a company mm-hmm. in terms of the number of users that use it. I mean, we use it. Right. So um, to combine Bic Bucket with Slack like that, I think it's a good key move.
1: Hmm. That'd be so, Interesting to see if the Slack moves out with any integrations soon.
0: Yep, I would be very – probably because if they're retiring HipChat, they've got to right. bring those features over.
1: Yeah, you have to. That would be yeah. suicide to do that. i be like, oh, all right, see, we're going to teams now, you know? Right, and it just ruins it. the
0: whole merge for nothing. Yeah.
1: Right. Yep. Hopefully, they'll get they'll ride that wave of people who hey, I'll show Microsoft. You know, like, come on, yeah. What are you Microsoft's like, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> oh, us buying uh, GitHub saved us money oh, from
0: the no. amount of open source code we have there. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Microsoft's like, oh no, please don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Whatever. I mean,
1: well, I mean, I don't know. Could Bitbucket compete with Azure? I don't think so.
0: Oh, no. There's no. So here's the thing there's still no cloud behind them. Bitbucket is not a cloud server provider. It's just code. So there's still no cloud service there. Microsoft still has that upper hand. Hmm. So.
1: Well, I guess you just go to Google Cloud at that point if you really don't want Microsoft for whatever reason. If you're like a Linux person and you're just like, I hate everything Microsoft, you know, then I guess so. Yeah. See that? Yep. Um. Oh, that's right. Uh, Amazon. Prime Day. Oh, yeah. Real quick, we'll cover this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm interested to know what you found out. Because I, was, I yeah, was I'm trying to I was find find look at stuff. Now. but
0: I can't find the article was... now. It came up on my phone because I've been using Google News a lot, which is a pretty cool app. Right. I, actually, um, I
1: need to try. Google Podcasts, actually, I want to try out, too. I haven't it tried It is that
0: now much. my main podcast app. I switched. Really? Is it? Is yeah, it it's does good. Does it
1: have enough on there? Yeah, it's good. Okay.
0: Well, no, so Google Google Podcasts is backed by the Play Store podcasts. So it has everything there. It's just a different interface, so you don't have to use the music app to play podcasts. Uh, okay. So everything that you can find in the Play Music app is in Google Podcasts. It's just a separate interface, separate app to manage your podcasts. It's good. I like you, it a lot.
1: Now, could you add like a uh, feed from a podcast, such as uh, Us? to the podcast app? I don't know. I haven't looked at it enough.
0: Uh, it's a great question. I don't know if you can. However, if you want to switch to Google Podcasts, we are in it. Oh, so. we are? Sweet.
1: Yeah. We're on Spotify too, I believe, but... We are and on yes. Spotify.
0: Yes. Yep. But anyway. Yeah, so here's what I read on Amazon real quick. For those of you who don't know, if you don't know, then, I mean, sorry. But uh, Prime Day happened, started at 3 o'clock, and everything kind of went berserk. So... Some users said they worked. work. The majority of users said it didn't work. And you just started seeing really cute dogs all over the place, which is kind of like, I guess, their error message, right? A bunch of cute dogs all over the place.
1: That's their 404, yeah. And they just like a random dog, yeah. Here you go. Here's a Not
0: 404, puppy. 500, to get technical with you. 500 internal oh, server okay, as a puppy right. dog. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I read later, and this was big, too. It wasn't like, oh, I went down for a little while, ha-ha. You know, you're back up a half hour later. It was like, you know three, four hours before they finally figured it out and got it working again. Like, I didn't start, I wasn't able to start buying stuff until, like, 6, 30, 7 o'clock that night. I don't know yeah, how it was, was for having, you.
1: Yeah, I think that was about that time, too. And even then, it was spotty coverage. Like, their search function was. was not working at yeah. all.
0: Yeah. So here's what happened. So everything nowadays runs in microservices and I hope Amazon follows the same pattern where you kind of have a bunch of different little applications running a big application. So like if I'm doing a search that's hitting one microservice versus me buying a product is another microservice. Um, what I think happened from what I read was, and this looks really bad for AWS. I mean, they still made a bunch of money and they're still kicking butt in the cloud service. So it didn't hurt their, you know, name that bad. Uh, The amount of traffic that came across for Prime Day, they quote-unquote didn't plan, and they literally ran out of server resources. They were running around their own data center trying to find resources to support Prime Day.
1: See, now, that doesn't make sense because aren't they like the biggest server? um That's why
0: they got so much lash of like, are you kidding me? Well, because here's the thing. I don't think they host their entire architecture in the public cloud. I think they have their own little private cloud that they use for stuff, but... Four hours to find more server resources because that would explain why some people would be fine shopping and some people wouldn't. Because what I heard was when they flipped the switch and they s- started having this issue, they immediately turned off uh, Amazon for international customers. So it only worked even in the U.S. and they still had problems.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: Yeah. That. So Jeez. they basically had too much traffic and were not prepared and clearly had no backup plan of like oh where are we gonna load balance more servers had none of that worked out and you can tell their dev team scrambled to just load balance crap they did not plan that out well
1: that is really bad honestly that's a bad look
0: yeah yeah it is
1: why wouldn't you have like an idea of how much traffic I mean every year understand let you know if you're increasing sales every year yeah it's gonna grow so plan for that you know like I don't know if it was like uh 10% 15% increase in sales or you know something's lower but like wouldn't your um unique clicks also increase too so wouldn't you be able to plan for that I mean yep that's just I don't know I don't know what they were thinking on that one I really don't yep
0: so anyway that's what I heard that's what happened but who knows
1: I mean, you'd think that, so, like, even Jeff Bezos makes so much money a year, you'd think you'd just take it just a little smidge of that and invest it into, like, you know, the thing that makes him all, all of his money. Like <laughs>
0: They still made you know? more money than last year,
1: so. Yeah, I I saw that, too. I was like, whatever. Geez, unless they whatever works, profits. They must have whatever. increased, like, the prices, but. It worked. can It play work. Yeah. I guess everybody was just waiting for them, and then even with the issues, they still just bought stuff. They're like, eh, yeah. okay, fine, whatever. I'm still going to cl- re- refresh every 10 minutes until it works.
0: That was me. Yeah. So, all right. I think that's it. We have for this week, right? Nothing else? Yeah, I think
1: so. All
0: right, cool. So if you're listening, subscribe, have your friends subscribe, tell someone about us. You can follow us at Engineer of What Instagram, Twitter. Um, we've been doing pretty good on Instagram, posting fun stuff, what we do at work, problems that we've been solving. Uh, Ricky's using AutoCAD for wedding plans. It all, it all works out. All uh, you can, You can contact us through the website, theengineerofwhat.com. And for this week, this is Nate. This is Rick. Thanks for listening.